Hey, welcome back, everybody, for in Communicate to Innovate. My name is Clint Link, and I'm the tech and innovation uh, integrationist here in Waseca Public Schools. And today I'm going to be meeting with three social studies teachers uh, from the junior, senior high, uh, and um, interviewing them in anticipation of a conference they're going to next week on standards-based grading. Um, it's it's a, a way of assessing differently uh, than traditional grades that have been um, at Waseca Public Schools. Our, our primary and uh, intermediate schools um, have been exploring this for some time now, and now these students are coming up to this building uh, with um, a different view on what grades look like. And these teachers are willing to go explore it and, and think about it a little deeper. Uh, and they're going to be listening to um, Rick Wormley, which uh, many of you probably know um, is kind of one of the grandfathers of, of and godfather even too, of standards-based grading. So um, hope you enjoy this and uh, we'll definitely touch back base with them when they come back to see how they're their thinking has changed. This is Communicate to Innovate, a podcast that documents and unveils what is and what could be at Waseca Public Schools. I'm here at Waseca Junior Senior High on a Friday afternoon. Thanks, guys, for staying around. I have Andrew Hopkins and Dan Sharpstein and Taylor Phelps all social studies teachers here, uh, grades 7, 8, and 11 uh, here. And uh, these guys um, are about to head off to a conference here next week uh, with a pretty famous standards-based grading guru by the name of Rick Wormley, uh, who wrote a book a few years ago called Fair is an Equal. And um, I just want to get into a couple things of why, what, what interested you guys about this. And just kind of what your pre, pre-conference thoughts are uh, before we go, and then hopefully get back to you guys again when we come back uh, from that and try to see if these even align. Uh, maybe maybe we go a whole different direction in this conference that we're not even thinking about right now. But bottom line is, how can we assess differently um, at the junior-senior high model, which I, I hear all the time, guys, I go to lots of schools um, and I, I hear it can't be done at the high school or it's going to be a long time before we can do this at high school because uh, of, of the, the GPA, the class rank, um, scholarships, college transcripts, all, all that jazz uh, that, that goes into it. But obviously it's gotten you guys thinking a little bit about this uh, and you might think there is a place something around standards-based assessments and, and grading that way. So uh, just why, why you ventured on there? What, what, what caused you guys to think this way? I just think there's a, you know, a letter grade doesn't give you a whole lot. You know, you look at it, A, B, C, D. I mean, what does that really tell you about the student? And they might excel in one area, but not so much in the other area. And that's kind of the issue with the letter grade. Like, how can I show a parent evidence of your student, your child's learning or lack thereof by saying, well, they got a C, so they're average. Like, I want to be able to show them this is where they're doing well, this is what they need to work on, this is what we need to reteach all together. And once the system's set in place, you know, you'd be able to kind of delegate what stu certain student groups need to do and what certain student groups have already accomplished and mastered and move on to the next. Okay, so that was Dan Sharpstein. So what I'm hearing you say, Dan, is, uh, Dan, you, it's 
it's you're bringing clarity to the student or the learner of what they do understand and what they don't understand. Where on their traditional grading, a B minus or 83% necessarily doesn't do that. It doesn't bring clarity to what they do know and don't know. More or less, it kind of tells them you understood 83 of it, 83% yeah. of it. Whereas I think we can be more specific than that. Okay. Anyone else? Um, so this summer we went to two revolutions. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooke McGuire was talking about standard-based grading, and I, prior to two revolutions, was not a huge fan of standard-based grading. Um, in talking to Brooke about it, she opened my eyes to a few things, argued that side of uh, that point of view, and I decided to take it upon myself to get to dive a little bit more into standard-based grading. Um, so this past year, I've been doing some standard-based grading things, trying to encourage the kids and myself to really do things to meet their needs in the classroom along the standards themselves. And uh, since I've been doing that, I've been com- I've been noticing more and more student engagement in my classroom, along with me having better lesson plans and interactions with the content with the students based on the standards. So um, this is Taylor Phelps that is speaking there. And so Taylor, what I'm hearing you say then is, it helps guide your lesson planning and it helps students understand what they're learning when they're learning it better when you're aligning your stuff to standards versus chapter seven, we're learning this topic. I'm covering the standards, but it's not really clear what we're covering. We're just covering an event and you're finding a difference in that both of yourself and your students. Um, so yes, um, my issue wasn't so much I, instead of doing like a chapter or anything like that, it was, I'd pick a topic that I thought related to the standard. Okay. And then we were teaching that topic rather than now we're teaching that standard, which for Minnesota uh, social studies, it's usually a, a content and a skill yeah. rolled into one standard. And this way, doing standard-based grading, I found that I can take that standard apart and be more purposeful while I'm teaching. Got it. Andrew? Uh, I can kind of jump in off that. I, we've all been... You know, the teachers that look at a student's grade and go, yeah, you have a B, but you got a B for playing the game. You don't have a B because you truly know the information that I'm teaching in this class. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been the teacher where I've looked at a grade and gone, that, that grade's not an accurate representation of what that student knows. And, and I, I found myself I saying that in conferences and, mm-hmm. and trying to justify that versus just changing my grading practices and changing how I do things so that I do have a better idea of where my students are at. So I think that's the, the, the why for me is just trying to understand where each student is at in a little bit better way than what I'm doing with just a traditional grading scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know what that looks like in the classroom. So that's the big goal for me this, this upcoming week is what does it look like in a classroom? Yeah. So I'm, I'm here in, the compliancy, behavior, playing the game type thing is factored into grades. And this delineates that out of the grade a little bit. And it goes back to the actual knowledge or skill acquired versus how nice or effort that's given uh, in our traditional model that we have. Mm -hmm. All right. So I want to transition here to uh, Rick, Rick Wormley himself. um, And I've been um, in in my current role here with uh, the tech integration and innovation now um, piece for four years. And I stumbled upon Rick Wormley my first year, not in the classroom, my first year doing this when I was looking into more innovative ways uh, to do 
um, this teaching and learning thing uh, here. And I immediately was gravitated towards Rick and his message with standards-based grading. So I, I am a fan, which I'm mean, actually jealous what you guys are about to do here and go on this conference and listen to him. Um, I went to a conference with him three years ago and I had to go get a selfie with him. Um, it was kind of a, a starstruck thing for me um, a little bit. But I just kind of want to get your opinion. What what do you not your opinion, but your your knowledge, I guess, about what Rick's have done so far and what you're you know hoping to hear from him, maybe. And then actually before you actually do it. So, Dan, you want to start? Sure. I mean, I know relatively little about him. I know that obviously he's trying to gravitate away from a more traditional style of grading to a standard standards base. My big thing is I just want to make I want something that's applicable to my classroom. I don't want it to be too idealistic, too far fetched. Mm -hmm. I want it to be realistic and something I can use, you know, within the upcoming, you know, weeks or months. So that's kind of my focus right now is, you know, I want to get a lot of the conference, obviously, but I also want to get practical things that I can use to a certain degree to the day I get back. Okay. Taylor? Um, I would agree. Um, I, I'm looking for something more practical. I, as of right now, I've implemented a standard-based unit. Uh, the assessments, though, I'm still really struggling with. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's that's the reason I'm going right now. I've read a little bit of his Ferris Knowledge Equal. I'm about 30, 40 pages into that right now, and I'm liking what I'm reading. Um, he's straightforward to the point. He's not holding anything back. Uh, he uses teacher experiences too, which is always really mm -hmm. important. Uh, that way we know he knows what he's talking about. He's not just pulling this out of thin air, mm -hmm. but I'm really excited to really dive into the assessment portion of standard-based grading. Andrew? Uh, I have actually seen uh, Rick Wormley uh, live and in person. It was for a 50-minute breakout session at... Uh, uh, one conference I was at, and he got through a lot of material in that 50 minutes. It was it was a ton ton of stuff, and uh, he he's very energetic and he's very very in your face. But but there's a side of him that that you can tell that he cares deeply about what he's doing, um, and that he ultimately he wants each and every person in the audience to be successful, and he he does take time out to make a connection with people. So. Um, I really do enjoy seeing him. Well, granted, I've only seen him for the 50 minute. I'm excited to see him for, for a couple days here. Um, but I'm kind of in that same boat. I'm looking for strategies that I can take back and implement um, really soon within the next month or so. Uh, I did watch a video of him the other day of him and his timeline for adoption of standards-based grading. And he wasn't, he's not a do this now, change 100% of your lifestyle right away. He wants you to do that, but he understand that, understands that that's not realistic. And so his one YouTube video that I saw of him said, uh, do one thing every two weeks and then do another thing after that and do another thing after that and just keep trying those new things and eventually that'll build up. So I'm hoping to get a, a compile a list of different things I can try in my classroom over the next few months. Do you want to send that to me, actually? Yeah, I will. No. Thank you. Yeah, Rick is um, a former ELA teacher. Um, and he started doing the standards based grading in the nineties. So it, this is, mm -hmm. he's, he's been thinking about this for some time. He's also a drama guy. And so his presentations are awesome because he can off the cuff, funny dramatization, uh, simulate students really quick, simulate teachers real quick. So it's entertaining, uh, then, uh, to listen, but he does, does get serious. And yeah, his, his fair, but equal book, which, um, Taylor referenced in there, 
um, is kind of the foundational pieces of the the road, the how to get there, and what the why at the beginning. And the, the YouTube uh, series that Andrew referenced there um, is just the snippets of the chapters of his philosophies um, that are on that. So depending on how you like to get your information, those are both. And I'll try to put them in the show notes, both those things, so that people can check those out then. Um, and I find, I want to wrap it up now kind of a little bit here, guys, with um, giving our audience a little bit background on our district um, and, and our transition into some standards-based grading uh, concepts. We're a district around 1,900 students uh, across four buildings. Um, and the standards-based grading standards have been around for, geez, 30 years uh, now. But the implementation of assessing standards is a fairly new concept uh, for our district. About three years ago, we started um, uh, changing our assessments at our primary school, our K-3 building, uh, from O's and S and S pluses and very similar to the A, B, C, D concepts uh, that we have here at the at the junior senior high to now moving it to a three-point scale. And we're, we're pretty, um, uh, purposeful of using a three-point scale versus a four-point scale. And, and the reason behind that was is that we didn't want to supplement an O or an A with a four. It's easy on a four-point scale to affiliate grades that way. Um, so we wanted to be on three, where the four, if you want to think of a four, it's doing the next grade level standard. If we were going to do a four, that would be the concept. You are exceeding the current standard and you're actually doing the next standard if we would implement. That, that's our concept uh, to it, thinking of it that way. So um, we did that three years ago, started uh, reporting that way uh, at our primary school. And now this year in 1920 uh, at our intermediate building, our four six building, uh, we just started doing it for math and reading. Those are two angles. And I would say we're a little over 50% of our staff are, are now doing that, but they're they're going through the process of how to report it, how often to be putting things, how many uh, learning targets we should have for a standard, um, how many assessments I should have for a learning target, going down those type <laughs> of um, uh, things. And then, then standard operating procedures. So if you start uh, assessing this way and the student already has the knowledge and has moved on. What do I do with that student? And the student that's really struggling is not on pace. What do I do with that student? We're struggling through those processes right now, but it's coming. There's going to come a time here real soon at this building that none of your students will have ever seen an A, a B or C or know what 73% means. And so I think that's where your guys' head's at. Tell me if I'm wrong on that of we, we, we have times are changing or coming here um, and we got to start preparing ourselves first professionally for this. And our students are going to come with a different skill set than what they traditionally have. So anyone want to speak to that? Well, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about the students are changing, but I think a big portion too, which, which is huge in education is the teachers right now too. We have a lot of teachers right now, and I'm part of this group, where it's going to be a huge transition going from grades and getting away from breaking down grades into nice 10-digit figures of A, B, C, D, mm -hmm. 90, 80, 70, 60, mm -hmm. and getting that into a more meaningful, responsive, you are meeting the standard, you are approaching the standard. There's no evidence of this standard. And that's, and that's what we're trying to do, and that's 
I think that's going to take a lot of time and getting getting our staff to realize the difference between the two and finding finding that balance too. Mm-hmm. So I think I think all teachers want our students do we want to do the best thing for our students, right? Yeah. But I think we we run into the issue of how are we going to measure this for the student, not just for to measure for measuring sake, but to actually be responsive to our students to let them know where they are and where they need to be or where they should be. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah I just don't see when it comes to base grade, it's not going to be done the same way in every class, mm-hmm. every subject, every exactly. grade. It has to work for that teacher. And you could say the same thing is happening right now, Dan, right? With traditional grading. Yeah. I it's, mean, every student walks into a room and it's graded. Everything's graded differently. The yep. student adjusts to the teacher's grading model. Yep. Right? And that's where we just have to – it has to work for the individual. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of standards-based grading is to – look at the individual, the teacher is also an individual and they need to have it so it works for them, it works for the students. And, you know, a math class isn't the same as the economics class and, you know, mm-hmm. seventh grade isn't the same as 12th grade. Like, it's going to be different and I don't think the expectation should be everyone's going to do the exact same thing because it'll work for half of them. Yeah, and I think that that idea of flexibility within your grading systems is daunting to teachers as well as you know trying to under trying to wrap your head around okay now i'm not just needing to grade a single student uh on on this scale now i'm i'm grading every one of my students on my 27 standards that i'm covering for this amount of time and i think that scares people right away but I think that the more people find out about it, the more it's not, you're not literally taking the 47 Minnesota state standards for geography and assessing every single one of them all the time. It's still, your class can still have a linear um, format to it and you can still follow a scope and sequence, but at the same time, it's just standards-based grading to me right now, it's all about under trying to understand or excuse me, have a better understanding of where my students are at instead of just, you've got to be, you've got the A. Well, and it's, I think a big part of it too is, we, it's not like we're going in with no building blocks, right? We're not, going, we're not going in with no resources. We've been doing this. We have our learning targets. We have our standards. We have these building blocks set up in place already. So now it's just using those building blocks in the correct way yeah, to make With sure purpose. That, yes, exactly. Or it really wasn't uh, necessarily purpose to it. If we're not assessing by the standard, then why am I having those standards lined. It, 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 I think you're right, Taylor, in that what the work that we're doing, that we have done and are doing right now will make more sense when our assessment practices match that. Um, I think it'll have a big impact, I mean, obviously on the students, but I think it'll be the fact that teachers will be more purposeful in their planning. Yeah. You know, they have a goal in mind, they have a standard in mind, a learning objective in mind, which obviously is already commonplace, mm-hmm. but now you're assessing directly to that as opposed to five learning objectives throughout this entire unit. You got a B in this unit. It's like, well, where did they, where did they excel? Where did they not? Mm-hmm. And so when it comes down to the impact, I think the instruction mm-hmm. and the scope and sequence will just be better identified by the by the student and by the teacher. Yeah. And that's that's a logical progression. I mean, we're we talk about our, our Class is being taught from the standards. Okay, but how do we go about doing that? We gotta have our 16 to 20 essential learnings that every student will walk out of our class knowing. We've gotta have our learning targets that will get them to those 16 to 20 essential learnings. And then we've gotta design lessons that will achieve those objectives and assessments on how we do that. And I think that's just once we get that entire thing together, then people will start seeing the big picture. Yeah. 
I'm excited for you guys um, I, that you're a you're willing to go explore this and to dig deeper into it and learn more, experiment um, different techniques in your classroom, expose your students to this kind of uh, assessments and learning styles. Um, I, I just we need people like you guys to do that so that we can work out the wrinkles. We can get the what we call SOP standard operating procedures down. So not everyone has to go through the growing pains that evidently you guys will um, go through. And it, it takes a growth mindset to go through that. And I appreciate that about you guys. Um, it's you're helping um, all of us um, learn more about this process and what eventually hopefully will be what is best for our learners and in Wasika Public Schools. So good luck. And I, I'm excited to, to, to uh, interview you guys when you get back to see how our tunes may change or uh and our depth will will grow so thanks guys thank you thank you, thank you.